Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave. So, um, as you can see from the picture, our guest today is Dr. Dave Cornelius, or Dr. Dave. Uh, he is a returning speaker to SB Agile, and we'd like to give him a warm welcome back. It's been about five years since, since he last uh, spoke to us about uh, innovation and shared his book, Elastic Minds. And uh, for those of you who are new to Dr. Dave, he is an uh, organizational and uh, executive coach and thought partner in the areas of business agility, digital transformation, and agile leadership, as well as product innovation. He has many years of experience working with corporations, startups, and nonprofits uh, to achieve a level of productivity that meets their short and long-term goals. And he's also the author of six books on Amazon, and his newest releases are Deliver Value, Happy Contributing People, Satisfied Customers, and Thriving Business, and the Innovation Catalyst, Leading with Empathy. And so without further ado, I'd like to present Dr. Dave. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, as you were talking about um, when you guys started, I remember the seeds for Agile Santa Barbara. Valerie knows she was down at uh, uh, Agile, uh, um, it was Agile SoCal or, or yeah, in our meetup group down there when we were having all of those conversations and you guys were asking questions. And it's so amazing to see that you're still thriving today. And um, I'm glad to be back. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> and um, I'm just gonna jump into, um, if you don't want to, I just want to let you know, if you don't want to be recorded, just let you, let you know, I record my presentation. Just, you know, you could just turn off your cameras if you don't want anyone to see who you are. But if you want to be seen, um, you know, keep your camera on because as my and Valerie and others know who have been to my presentations, I like to engage and, and have like lots of conversations. So um, we want to hear from you. And so I, I'm just going to go ahead and let me just go ahead and share my screen and we'll get started. Okay, awesome. So the fun thing is, yeah, you know, I, I'm Dr. Dave Cornelius. Everyone calls me Dr. Dave. And this topic was it was spawned really by asking the question, do I deliver value? And I asked the question in the context of if I'm training or provide learning facilitation or I'm coaching, um, even when I'm working on teams, are we delivering value? You know, even when, you know, as a leader of my own company, I asked myself, oh God, is my company delivering value? And so it out of that thought and that constant prompting and probing came these two books, um, Deliver Value, Happy Contributing, People Satisfied Customers and Thriving Business is what many of the topics are going to be based on today. Um, I wrote this fable, this wonderful little story about Ashanti Mwendo. Um, and, and it's really a fictional story about a woman leading um, a, a, a tech initiative. And she is using agile practices and design thinking and all of the wonderful stuff. So I, I wrote this fable about that. So I, it's also, if you bought buy Deliver Value, the fable is in the book, if, or you could buy it separately. So if someone just wants to read about Ashanti and her journey, um, that's the way these books are. And, and you could find them on amazon.com, right? Um, also, you could find it at Dr. Dave Duca. I know I gave that information to Mai so she could share that. Uh, and so without further ado, as I started to, to with that inquiry about do I deliver value and what, what it deliver value? So let me go talk to a few folks, all right? Let me talk to, to a few people who are more well-known than I am. And so the conversation started with, let me talk to Webster, talk to Miriam Webster. Everyone knows Miriam. She's been around for a long time. So Miriam said, it's like a fair return or equivalent in good services or money for something exchange. 
that that's Miriam's view of what value is, right? And I'm thinking about definition of value. So I went and spoke to Diana Larson. Everyone who has been in Agile for a while know who Diana is, Agile Retrospective. Um, she just had her, her latest book, um, Leading Without Blame. I think that's the name of the book. I wouldn't screw that up too much. And then I asked her, and she said, I think there's different kinds of values that one customer, two businesses, and three, strategic direction. She gives a different nuanced definition. And then there's this gentleman that I met named Marty Nelson. He runs a coding lab up in Portland. And I said, Marty, talk to me about value. What's your definition of value? And he says a positive exchange, positive emotion and experience. You know, so he works, he's teaching people how to code, how to come into this field. And so he brought his perspective. Then I also want to talk to Dave West. He's the CEO of scrum.org. And he says, you must ask, why is the person buying that thing? What is the value they want to achieve? And then Howard Sublet is the former CEO of scrum.org. I talked to him too. And I said, Howard, um, tell me. He said, a relationship between the amount someone pays and what they perceive that they get in exchange. So you could see after talking to referencing five different sources, I got five different definitions of what value is, right? And I could imagine we all go through that as we're having these thoughts, like what is value? How do you believe, define value? Well, they gave their context. Well, being the wily academic that I am, um, I said, well, geez, I need to have a statement that I could use. And this could also be a, uh, a research context if someone wanted to have something to push back against and said, what is value? I said, value is a measurable outcome that can be realized and shared. So value is measurable. We could add metrics around it, you know, both quantitative and qualitative. We could use that, those type of metrics to figure out what value is. I said, value is, is outcomes focus. So it's customer centric. When we talk about outcomes, we're really talking about custom, being customer centric, things that benefit the customer. I said, value is also realizable. You know, it can't be just some pine in, in the sky kind of thinking about what value is. So it has to be realizable. Think of, of um, you know, Maslow's, you know, hierarchy, right? And, and, and at the very top, is things being realizable. And we live in a networked world right now. So value is also shareable. Um, I could share a value that I'm providing to customers. I could also share value via LinkedIn, Twitter, right? So value is shareable. And if you have customers, you really want value to be shareable. You want all of your customers to be talking about how great your product is, how great your service is that, that you bring to the table. So I wanted to make sure that we have something that, that we could lean into. And so, so what is value? It's a measurable outcome that can be realized and shared. And if I need to give more context, I could tell you how it's measurable, the customer it serves, how it's realizable and how it's shareable, right? That gets you to something that's very concrete. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to know um, when, you know, when I say, well, how do you know you delivered value? So I'm going to put up a mentee um, screen. So I, you're going to have to go to mentee.com and, and my, if you could throw the mentee um, in there and the code. And then I want you to share what words come to mind when you or your team delivered value. And, and so let me bring up the mentee screen. And we're going to be in a little presentation mode here. And so go ahead and start piping out, you know, what words come to mind when you or your team delivered value. And, and so let's just put those in. I'm going to give you about a minute or so so that, we, you know, otherwise we could be here all day. Uh, talking about how long that is. So I'm just going to use a little timer and we're going to do one minute and I, hopefully I will start seeing words show up here. Uh, there you go. Okay. Someone said useful. And you could, you could put as many words as you, as you need to in here. Um, and so, 
Yeah, happy customers. Very much so. Got to have happy customers. Mm. Repeat customers. Isn't that a great thing when you don't have to work so hard to get customers? Just keep buying. It's kind of like, you know, what I do at Amazon. <laughs> um, pretty much a repeat customer frequently. Um, you know, getting better than before. So there's improvement in the journey. Um you know, so we're finding different ways of, of how we could start to uh, provide different value. Um, KPIs, yes, because it's measurable, right? We're, we're measuring. So KPIs is, are important, you know, key performance indicators, right? Um, and I'll give you about another 30 seconds so you could get some stuff in here. You know, I don't know if some people are having a challenge coming in, but um, feel free. Just keep adding. Even while I'm speaking, just keep adding. Um, and, and we could move forward from here. So let me get out a full screen here. Okay. And we'll, we'll, we'll drop back in. So just so I wanted to hear from one or two people. Um, if you said useful, just give, give you a, a quick 30 second, share what, what you meant by, or give a context about useful. Quick 30 seconds, who wrote useful? You come off mute and just let me hear from you. I wrote useful and to me it signifies uh, they get something that can be used uh, to, imp to improve their work or their, make their processes easier and in general make in the work context, make it easier for them to be productive. Absolutely. I mean, I think that was part of the definition that one of those five um, context people who get, who I interviewed, they said, hey, yeah, it has to be useful. Um, who said happy customers? Let's hear a context on um, happy customers. I, I did. Uh, we've all heard delight the customer. Mm. And um, when they use, uh, when they receive something that they can use and that's a value to them, they're usually pretty happy. <laughs> pretty much, isn't it? <laughs> you know, keep coming back. Uh, let's get one more. Um, we, we talk about meeting customer needs that just popped up. Let's let's hear from you. I, I will add to that uh, in that context, what to what Helen said that complements meeting customer needs, but also meeting customer needs in a timely fashion, right? Not, nothing worse than uh, setting expectations, especially when you are with a with a big tech company and your life depends on licensing renewals, and suddenly your deliverables are slipping away, and customers are suddenly looking at the competition to say, "Well, I'm going to get it from somebody else because I'm not." You deliver value to me, but it's like a month later or, or six months later or maybe a year. Uh, so so timelining, timing is essential. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. So uh, let me just jump back into presentation mode. Uh, and so when value is realized and shared, you know, the things that we, we think about is that customers are loyal and satisfied. Isn't that a beautiful thing? You know, when, when it's realized and shared. Um, when employees are happy contributing people, really important, especially in the agile context, the, the way we like to have happy contributing people. And, and you notice I put two words together, happy and contributing. I just don't want happy people. And I just don't want contributing people. I want happy and contributing people. I want them together, right? So that there's joy in their work. They, you know, they come home and there's passion. They're, they're sharing with each other. So that's really important. And our organization is viable and it's thriving, right? It's it's out there making hitting revenue, as someone put out there um, in the chat, um, and it feels good. I know it feels good to me and the teams that I work with when we realize and, and we could share that value. High five everywhere, right? I mean, those are the type of interactions that's taken place, uh, and that's really important. Right when we deliver value, you know, it has a really important relevance. And I don't think I don't know if we think about this enough about delivering value. We're in the weeds, we're fighting, and it's like, 
how do we take a step back and begin to think about what value is and how can we provide that to our customers, to our people, and to our organizations? Um, so uh, th there are three contexts that in, in my book, Deliver Value, that I talk about. I've talked about happy contributing people, satisfied customers, and thriving about business. To me, when we deliver value, there's benefits to these three different groups. Happy contributing people help to build satisfied customers. Satisfied customers help to build thriving business. So they, they lean upon each other. And so some of the attributes, when we think about happy contributing people, the people that work for the organization, I'm even talking about partners, people who you partner with, um, who may not be part of your organization. I mean, the things that we, we try to bring in, in that journey and in those conversation is that they have purpose. Right? I mean, I know some of this language may jump out of you. Oh, Daniel Pink, purpose. Right? Um, I talk about being compassionate toward each other. Right? Not just, you know, empathy is important, but being compassionate also is, is really relevant to what's going on with, with um, individuals in the organization and your partners and the leaders. Um, that we're beginning to master capabilities. We're improving in our skills. Right? I mean, that's why we come to these meetups. That's why I go to them. I'm trying to master and improve my capabilities and learn something new that I could take back to the shop. And, and also self-organizing where those individuals are in that space where they can get things done without creating, you know, what we call cognitive load, you know, for the leaders of the organization or even cognitive load for other for other members of the teams, right? We're all like helping each other and working well together. So this is my vision of what happy contributing people do. And I know when we achieve this type of context, I know that we deliver value in a very frequent context. Um, so I want to say, what do happy contributing people look like? And so I'm sharing, we're going to do another mentee um, thing, and I'll just go on to the next slide. But what do happy contributing people look like? I, I've had this picture of working with a client, and, you know, we were doing some planning, and um, these two ladies are from Israel, Israel, and we, were, we had a fun hat day. That's part of the theme. But you can see how happy they are. You know, we're happy, they're contributing, they have the fun hat. You know, everyone was having a good time. So I want us to get to the place where, you know, what words come to mind when we talk about happy contributing people from your experience? And so let me go on to mentee down to the next slide. And then so go ahead. And we, the reason I kept the same code, so you could just keep up the browser and either I just moved you forward or you could move yourself forward in mentee and just start to drop in what words come to mind um, about happy contributing people. So I'm gonna give us an, uh, maybe a minute and 30 seconds um, cause you know, I, I'm gonna wanna hear from you as well. So give you a little bit more time since this time you should be in mentee, a little less time to load. Motivated. Mm. Autonomy, yes. I think you guys are getting a hang of this. I, I love it. The first, the first one, everyone, you know, it's like, um, uh, eat, just finish eating lunch. <laughs> and now you're at a place where, ah, the brain is awake. Transparency, yes. Excited to, to work, come to work. Are people still going to work nowadays? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, maybe some of you are. You know, thought we all work from home. All right, that that's time. And just keep plowing in, putting those things in mentee. But who said trust? 
you know, trust is a really important thing um, in, in terms of minimizing the tax for us to get things done. Who, who said trust? Go for it. Yeah, I, I put organizational trust in there where, um, like you said, you're, you're, you're not wasting calories on like politics or anything like that. Um, you know, everybody's voice is heard. And so uh, that's what made me think of that. Wonderful. You know, I, and, and someone wrote sustainable pace. You know, it's, it's one of my favorite, favorite agile principles. So please sh share your context. That was John. And, uh, you know, it's all about the work-life balance that most of us don't find in the traditional environment. Yeah. And, and the loaded word um, that really shared all the time in the agile space, the psychological safety um, context around psychological safety that someone would like to share. Um, yes, I wrote that. And I think in order to be able to be creative and innovative, you know, we have to feel safe enough that we can share without feeling like, um, yeah, we're going to be uh, reprimanded if we, we come up with an idea that, you know, may not be the best for the organization or that may be criticized. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is John again. Go ahead, John. I uh, perform an exercise that Harold Cabler, another coach in LA, put together called the Team Safety Check. I'll mm -hmm. send you guys a link to it. But basically, we look at the amount of filtering that has to go on when you're having discussions at various levels. How honest can you be? How many times have you had to sit in a meeting and rehearse your PowerPoint before you told the boss what he wanted to hear rather than the truth? I'll stick that in the link. Appreciate that, John. That's where we come to these events, right? So happy you're a happy contributing person. You're going to share something new for with us. Excellent. Now, let me get back into the context of um, another context of, of how we could also en enable happy contributing people. And there's this this concept called Ubuntu. It's 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 an African um term and a principle and it's actually a spiritual way of, of how we deal with each other and it says i am because we are right you know and the context is that i see you i value you and i welcome you those are three very important things of how we as we're working as a team or leading a team or even working with partners that we could begin to contribute to the happy contributing people mantra, that mindset. And so I, I know if you're a technical person, you see Ubuntu, sometimes you think about, oh, operating system. Well, we're not talking about that. And the operating system we're talking about is a human operating system in this context that I see you, I value you, I welcome you. And then I put together some Ubuntu values. Right? And, and so I said, Patience and kindness is one of the things that we need. And patience and kindness often translates into the word love. Right? Um, and, and so it's not a mushy thing. Patience and kindness is we all need it. We all need to give it and have grace in our journey as we deal with other human beings. Some people need a little bit more grace than others. Um, I know you've run into some people like that. Um, it's also safety. You know, we talked, John, you brought up psychological safety and, and um LNU as well. So safety is important. Physical, psychological, you know, all important aspect. Um, but also, this brings us to a place of where we could be resilient. We have resilience in the way we approach things, we get things done, you know, working at a sustainable pace, that's resilience. Burning yourself out has nothing to do with resilience, but burning yourself out. Um, Resilience help you to achieve that sustainable pace and, and also, you know, the importance of partnership. So as we begin to think about happy contributing people, keep Ubuntu in mind. As a matter of fact, there's an um, old um, African saying that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Right? And so when we start to think about Ubuntu, that is 
the mindset. And, and, and that principle has been around for a very long time. Um, also, there's this concept that I put together called generative you know, leadership values. Uh, and it, it came from Ron Westrom's, you know, he, he had a set of uh, principles as he started to look at organizations on how they're structured. Um, and, and part of his thinking is that, you know, you could have a pathological bureaucratic or a generative, you know, really performance-based organization. And I, and I decided to not worry about those other two, but let's focus on the positive side of things, right? Where we're beginning to think, if you see there's lots of points in here, is that we want to focus on we. His, he said high cooperation. My translation is focus on we. He said messengers enabled. I said we trust you to achieve our goals, right? So when he's talking about messengers, he's talking about the happy contributing people. So we trust you to achieve our goals. So I don't have to worry about, you know, my letting people into the room because I, I know she has that. Right. I don't have to worry about that. I don't even have to tell her someone is in the room. She got that. Right. And then we can say risk or share it. So we win and lose as a team. Right. Bridging enable, encouraged. So we partner and have conversations to learn more. I'm translating what he's what he's saying in the context of the way he was dealing um, with in the medical field, specifically in the nursing space, right? And how nurses work together. Um, he said, failures lead to inquiry. And I said, ask, what did we learn? Right, so we could learn more. Novelty implemented. I said, run the experiment and evaluate the hypothesis. So all of this, taking your time to figure out if you're going to say the right thing to, to your boss, you know, run the experiment and see what happened. I mean, you did just enough. You have, you prepared, you have the information. And the seventh thing that I added is called the abundance mindset that we have the capacity to share with others, right? And so this is a new context that when I'm dealing and I'm coaching leaders and I'm working with organization, this is the conversation that I'm having with them about building high performing teams, building resilient teams. And this is the way I want them to show up. And, and it's not easy. Someone said, hey, try this with developers. Yes, I have tried it with developers. Um, and we have to create enough space and opportunities for people to work through this. Because this is a big shift in the way we think. Focus on we. You know, we trust you. We're going to win and lose as a team, right? We partner and have conversations to learn more. Ask what did we learn. Run the experiment. Evaluate the hypothesis. And have the capacity to share with others. So this is just generative leadership values. Then, that I'm talking about, and, and you know, I'm, I'm going to actually provide a class around that, uh, a cohort for leaders who really want to work and think in this way. Um, so the, the wonderful thing um, about this is is that we get to provide a great value um, for individuals in the organization. You know, so leadership individuals and leadership is not just about the assigned leaders, right? The people that has VP in front of their names or VP in front of the title. It could be also emergent leaders, people who are stepping in, leaning in, and, and uh, leaning into some opportunities as well. So I, I think of emergent as a, uh, versus assigned leadership. So the other con, the second context or that we want to look at is satisfied customers, really important group of people. And satisfied customers, um, what we're focused on is we have unmet needs that are satisfied. You know, we have some brand loyalty. So if you're a product owner, product manager, this is the way your brain works. You know, you're thinking about what are the unmet needs of our customers that needs to be satisfied? Uh, how do we build greater brand loyalty? So um, a net promoter score is 9, 10, and, and not 5 or 6, right? Where they're in a meh state, right? Meh state, as, as I should pronounce it. And then I talk about customer lifetime value. And it's just, that's just a simple concept that if I could get you to subscribe and give me money for 13 months, that's the customer lifetime value that I'm looking at, right? I have that money in the bank um, and, and that's great for me. So if you notice, well, you're always getting these wonderful discounts when they're asking you to subscribe to things. This is what they're trying to achieve. They're trying to achieve CLV, 
that pay for a year and I'll give you 10% off. Yes, thank you. I pay for a year. And if they get enough people paying for a year, a hundred bucks as opposed to, let's say $9 or $8 a, a month, that's a huge win for them, right? That money just sits in the bank and you have more dollars to play with as an organization, which help you to thrive in, in the process. Um, so the same thing is more inquiry to these different leaders that I spent some time with, just wanted to know, talk to me about satisfied customers, Diana. She said, hey, get closer to know the customer. And if you really want to know if they're satisfied or not, go talk to them. Marty says, you know, customers getting value in a good way. And Dave West, he said, people are wowed by the value they received. Um, and Howard says, when they receive value in excess of the amount they paid or in the effort, they provided. So we have different context about what satisfied customers look like. To me, these are great context, great views of what a satisfied customer look like. But I, I want customers with long CLVs. I want brand loyalty. And I want to know that I'm satisfying their unmet needs because if I'm doing that, they're coming back. There's a high probability that they're going to come back to whatever product or service that I'm providing. Same, same principle. We're going to go back and we're going to say like, all right, talk to me about your, your view, right? And this time I'm looking at a portrait of satisfied customers, you know? So what words come to mind for you when you think about satisfied customers? Let me get out of here and jump over to, to mentee. And we're going to go over to the same thing, right? And we'll spend another minute or so walking through this, this journey. Oh, there you go. Timer's running. And just go ahead and put in, you know, words that come to mind when, when you think of this portrait of a satisfied customer. You know, uh, when you walk into your office or even if um, people send you an image of, of customers, what, what does that portrait look like? What is it? What's in the frame? You know, what are the things that are, that are jumping out at you um, in terms of words that um, that you would have? Yeah. Happiness and love. Isn't that cool? Yeah, they're out there promoting your product. I mean, they have loyalty to your brand. I mean, wonderful smiles that comes in. become great evangelists. They're out there like promoting your stuff. You know, those are the customers that have a, a net promoter score of nine or 10, right? They're out there like telling people, you have to, you have to try this. You have to get this. This is really going to be, this is going to change your life. And, and so that's kind of the context of when you think of a portrait of a satisfied customer, these words, um, so who, who said smiles? Who wrote smiles? I did. Let's hear from you. Talk to me. Oh, just when you, it, when I envision a customer either face-to-face -face or, you know, maybe them entering their place of work. Yeah, they have a smile. They're just happy. Yeah. And smiling can be extremely contagious, or it can also lead to questions. And there is that, you know, being an evangelist, you know, really mm. sharing the experience and willing to maybe even go through that again. Repeat customer, repeat business. Mm. All lovely, good stuff. What about love? Who said love? Love is my favorite word. And love to me is a verb. So who said love? Um, I wrote love just because of the, <laughs> the iconic, you know, this. But, you know, obviously, like, if you think of, like, certain brands, like iconic brands is like Coca-Cola. Like, I don't know. It just made me think of, like, something like that where, you know, there obviously is, like, the brand loyalty and the love that's there for a particular product. Yeah. I mean... That's a portrait of a satisfied customer, you know, definitely doing that, right? That that's sign for love. What about solves a job for them? Who said that? 
Oh, they, <clears throat> sorry, that was me that added uh, solves a job. Like if they uh, kind of using that clean Christian said, uh, you know, jobs to be done, uh, that, uh, that that product or service is like, oh, that met my need. And, uh, and now they can kind of rest easy knowing that whatever that is, is satisfied. Love it. I mean, I love that principle, you know, um, jobs to be done, the whole concept of uh, the in, or what, what's portrayed in that book, The Innovator's Dilemma. Um, I, oh, so good. Such good stuff. Thank you so much. Um, I am going to jump back into presentation mode. And, you know, one of the ways that a tool that you could use essentially to learn more about your customers. And I, matter of fact, I use this for, for retrospectives as well, right? It's called an empathy map canvas. Um, used a lot in the product management space, but for me, I use it for all sorts of different things because I think it's really cool to be able to learn more um, about people and, and it gives us an opportunity for people to engage with what we're doing, right? So um, there's really seven major steps that you take as you're going through this. If you were facilitating this, and you put this up on a board or use Miro or, you know, you may take this image and project it on Miro. And you would ask people to put, you know, if you were speaking to a very specific customer or persona, you may ask them like, so who are you empathizing with? And then you, you capture who that person is. And then you, you may, you may say in your mind and you, or you may ask them if they're present, you know, what do you need to know? What do they need to do? You know, what, what type of work or, or do they need to do in, in, in their context? You get to number three. And so you said, what do you need to see? So Diane, what do you need to see? You know, as we're building this product and this service. Um, and you could continue to, to move through the journey and said, Chris, number four, what do you need? What do, what do you need to say about this product? What do you need to say about your needs as we're having this dialogue and conversation? Um, and you know, what do they do actually, you know, not, not what they, they need, but what they do, do they do right now in, in terms of how they're integrating with a new product or service or how they're in, integrating or, or having a relationship with you as you're doing work. So I could use this for a product or I could use this in, in the context of a relationship of a team and the team dynamics as well. You know, and what do they hear? What are other people saying? people saying that team is so amazing you know we love working with them or are they hearing oh god that team is just like oh don't don't bother no no don't do that don't, don't even spend the time or energy doing that or if it was a product or service don't buy that product you know you go into amazon or one of those tools and you get a single star and say don't buy this right i mean that is the context that you're learning about the people that you're empathizing with and number seven is broken into two things. What do they think and feel? So what are the pains that they're experiencing from this product, this experience, this relationship? Or what are the gains that they're getting that's really significant, uh, right? And then, you know, you could even add more. You said, hey, man, what are the thoughts and feelings that might motivate, you know, different types of behaviors in this journey? And so this is a very useful tool, the Empathy Map Canvas. I, like I said, I use it for different things. If I'm doing product management stuff, I may use it in that context. If I'm doing retrospectives, I may use it in that context, right? And, and so it's a really powerful tool that I, I really rely on a lot for getting things done. All right, let's keep moving. So we're going to walk into... The other context of the book that, that talks about thriving business. You know, what is a thriving business and how can we really simplify it and, and have a conversation? So for me, it's, it's practice business agility. And I know there's lots of discussion about what is business agility. And, and I just go back to simplicity in terms of like lean. I said, just optimize the whole organization. Right. I mean, instead of sub-optimizing just IT only, just optimize the whole organization. That takes a lot of work and a lot of energy to do that, to do that work. And you have to be really intentional. But to me, that's how that's part of the thriving business mindset that I think about that we're optimizing the whole organization. Um, happy contributing people, you know, are thriving. And we we have satisfied customers or fans. 
right? So when you have a, a, a this wonderful thriving business, they're doing all of this cool stuff. People are happy. People are contributing. You know, we're practicing business agility. And look, if you have satisfied customers who are fans, they're buying your stuff, right? They're not sitting on the sideline. So I just wanted to point that out. That even with that statement, is a revenue opportunity or revenue statement uh, for your business. Um, now, the same conversation that I'm having with these same leaders, um, when I talked to Diana, she says she wants faster to market, acquire new customers, retain customers that we have. Right? My great-grandmother used to tell me this all the time. She says, a bird in hand is better than two in the bushes. And, and this is a West Indian Caribbean colloquialism um, that she would say this to me. Right? So if I could retain my customers and they're happy, you know, and they're satisfied, that's a good thing, right? That that helps me to generate great value. If I could do things in a very agile way or in an adaptive way, um, I could get things done, smaller increments um, to, to, map, to market and also even to acquire customers. And then Marty Nelson, as, as he's thinking about building software engineers for the future, coders, you know, um, he says, have market momentum, a good work environment and uses its resources wisely. And very good way to think about what a thriving business look like. And Dave West from scrum.org, he says, energy created between the three elements of customer team and market. Great synergies between those three elements of customers, team, and market. When you talk about team, we're talking happy contributing people, right? Satisfied customers and market is also where we get to thrive. And then you know, Howard Sublet, he says, know why they exist and who they're there to serve. And, and this is more of a start with why kind of like mindset that Howard Sublet is coming with from that book, right? You know, that's what he's talking about. Now, one of the a more advanced topic that we, may, we have not spoken about in a lot of different industries, I learned this when I was doing Six Sigma Black Belt work, is, is, is really about the concept of using a value stream. How do we organize people around value, right? How do we understand from request to delivery, who's involved, what are the major steps, what are the systems? Um, and so key thing that you just take away, I said, when I said talking about, you know, having a um, practicing business agility, I leaned into one lean concept of optimizing the whole. Now, when I think about value stream, I'm leaning into another context which says increase flow, right? I mean, there's nothing, you know, if you have a day where flow is working for you, it's a beautiful thing. There's no friction, you know, get up in the morning, you get the work, you get everything that you need done, you're back home, family's happy, friends are happy, your show is on in time, you know, everything is going well. To me, that's flow. How do we increase more of that? Um, Building adaptive teams to deliver value frequently. It's a really important thing. Focus on how do we improve and then practice customer obsession. Right? And, and so this is a, you know, a, a nothing more than a value stream of someone getting a loan. And you can see the customers who are involved, the people who are involved, um, some of the systems that are involved. So it's one way to think about how we're um we're solving. We're we're actually bringing value to the to the table and delivering value for the organization. Um, we're going to do one more ask of you. Um, examples of thriving business. What are some that you, you know, ran into? And I'll go back into mentee again and just tell me, you know, what what comes to mind um, about thriving businesses your current business, um, others that you admire, like I am a big IDEO fan, I-D-E-O. I'm a big fan of theirs. Um, and sometimes I say I'm an IDEO fanboy. And so what companies are you a big fan of? Or what do you, what comes to mind about thriving this? Oh, growth. Ooh, <laughs> isn't that so cool? Success. Yes.
Isn't that so cool when you work for a company that cares about you as a, as a person who is contributing value? You know, you have great connection to customers. Energy suggest. Hey, so who wrote energy? I want to hear from you really quick. Who used that word energy? Uh, that was me. Um, so I've worked at companies that weren't growing quickly and I've worked at companies that are growing quickly. And you just kind of like feel it when you when you walk in the door, just, you know, the, the general you know, day in and day out, just the level of energy and kind of just, uh, you know, excitement around the company. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great word. Great word. Love it. All right. I'm just keeping track and being mindful of our time. Um, and, and so thank you so much for, for, for this, for, for sharing. Um, I want to leave some space for us to, to, to have discussions if we need to. So let me summarize, you know, really what I said that we've been talking about for the last 35, 40 minutes. So I, I want to tell you that value is a measurable outcome that can be realized and shared. So measurable outcome realized and shared. Um, when you have happy contributing people, you know, they're foundational to a healthy organizations, really important stuff. Um, working with our customers, making sure we have satisfied customers is really knowing what their unmet needs are. And so empathy maps that I described would be one way of, of teasing that information out and having those conversations. And the way we get to a, a really thriving business, you know, one of the things that the leadership is doing is that it's an enabling happy contributing people who are also enabling satisfied customers. So those things are really essential for you to build a thriving business. And, 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 you know, when I'm we're talking about thriving business, talking organizations that are around for a while, you know, they have enough revenue, they're growing, they have energy, they have all of those positive things that we, we discussed um, in, in the previous uh, mentee session of capturing that information. Um, and so with that, just minding our time, trying to be mindful of the time that we have together, I said, you know, what are you curious about today's learning? And I'll leave some space for that. Maybe you guys did such an amazing job in, in terms of answering those questions. It's like, right? I mean, you have this. Yeah, I got it. Can you talk a little bit more about realizing value? Okay. That's pretty generic, realizing value. So you mean, if do I want to measure it? Oh, you're talking about it being realizable? Mm -hmm. The third point that I made? Yeah. Okay, so when I think about things that are realizable is that I work in an adaptive way. I work in an agile way, right? And so I want shorter feedback loops. I want to get things done that are done in two-week increments, right? And, and so if I could define what that is, um, there's a high probability that I will be delivering value. If that's my mindset, there'll be a high probability I'll be delivering some increment of value every two weeks. That's what I'm thinking about realizable. Unlike when we do the standard way, nine months, 18 months, I have no idea. You know, or sometimes I'm working with, you know, traditional organization, and you have the rag thing going on, red, amber, green. And I was just thinking about it this morning. I'm like, Man, <laughs> we need to put some things that are really tangible about what it means to be red, amber, and green. Right? I mean, so if I'm green, I'm doing 80 to 100% of what I what I promised, right? I mean, or 60% <laughs> or so as I'm in the amber thing, or I'm in red if I'm like below 60%, just something like that. But that's what I'm talking about being realizable, oh. right? And then I could share that, right? Because it's measurable. Like, it's, hey, look how many widgets that I built. Or I could even get even more sophisticated and said, hey, here, here's the feature that we promised that's being delivered. So here's the doors for the car, right? I mean, so that's what I'm talking about. Thank you for Thank asking you. that question, Christine. Yeah, and if anything, I mean, one thing, lessons learned, uh, especially uh, re 
validated through this presentation, and thank you, Dr. Dave, is that um, the perception of value is in the eyes of the beholder, right? When I coach my BPs, uh, that I coach here in Silicon Valley, their value and the way they measure versus my engineering managers, my scrum masters, my project managers is, is, is variable. And, and it's evident in the responses that we all gave, which are all valid. And I guess uh, it kind of helps me keep keep that mind in, in keep in mind that uh, moving forward as well. So thank you. You're welcome. You know, what comes to mind is Bruce Lee. You know, be like water, because uh, value is kind of that way that we have to, you know, define have a definition and walk with it and, and lean into it. Because yeah, we're all going to have valid understanding of what value is but you know i gave you a few and you guys gave a few so something for you to work with thank you yeah so i'd love to just give a round of applause to dr dave um and also oh wow we like didn't even practice this and this slide magically appears <laughs> Voila! <laughs> fantastic um and so those that attend um, you know, if there are any specific topics you would love to hear at a future SB Agile meetup, if before you leave, if you can just, you know, put the any topics that you'd love to hear in the chat and love to capture that. And then again, I really want to thank Dr. Dave for, you know, taking the time. And I really enjoyed like the interaction and the conversation and everyone sharing ideas. These SB Agile is always just, you know, very rewarding with all of the presentations. So I really appreciate all the shared learnings everyone's provided. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Right. Let me stop sharing and stop all these things that I've been doing. <laughs> all right. Let me stop recording. Yeah, and so um, it looks like for a couple of the folks that dropped off early, like Valerie, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll share out the recording link. Yeah. Uh, I'll put that in, in our meetup message. Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No, no share with Dr. Dave.